welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. I heard the story of a man who went to see his doctor, well, because he was feeling terrible. The doctor gave him a very careful examination, left the room to go look at some of the test results, came back in, he has a very somber expression on his face, and he, he says to the patient, Sir, I don't know how to break the news to you, but you have rabies, and you're going to die very soon. Well, the man hears the news very calmly. He pulls out a piece of paper, a pen, and he begins to write. The doctor said, what are you doing? Making out your will? He said, oh, no. I'm writing out a list of the people I'm going to bite. You see, I'm sure that more than a few of us today will have a list a list in the back of our minds in case something like that were ever to happen to us. I'm sure that there are more than a few hearts watching right now that have become fertile fields for the root of bitterness. Perhaps you're sitting there thinking, so do I have someone I'm angry with? So do I have someone I have a grudge against? So is there someone that has done me wrong and I have never forgiven them? Okay, so what's that to you, Bill? Well, let me give you Dwight L. Moody's answer to that question. He said, the one sin that is keeping revival from coming to the church, more lost people from being saved, and more of the blessings of God from coming upon his people is the sin of an unforgiving spirit. You know, Jesus had much to say about this matter of forgiveness. In fact, he says it was vitally important, and it was very important to Jesus. In Matthew chapter 18, uh, verse 21, Then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? Now, the problem that forgiveness presents is this. Forgiveness has to deal with perhaps the most unpleasant thing in life. That is, when, when someone else does you wrong. We're not talking about overlooking some type of behavior that is justified by some type of excuse. If the behavior that forgiveness deals with can be excused well, then it doesn't need to be forgiven. It simply needs to be accepted. The reason why forgiveness is so difficult is because it deals with the inexcusable. Even the very word forgiveness tells us how difficult forgiveness is because the word literally means to let go or to send away. Forgiveness is when you release to the Lord any bitterness that you might feel you have a right to have towards someone else. It is the willingness to send the offender and the offense away into the hands of God and then let God take care of the matter. Now, the Apostle Peter asked the question that many people would like to ask. But sometimes, well, we're just, just 
too ashamed to ask. His question was this. How many, how many times do I have to forgive a brother who sins against me? Now, Peter here pulls a pretty shrewd trick. He makes a suggestion to Jesus. He says, up to seven times? Now, that seemed very generous to him because according to the Talmud, according to the rabbinical law, you were obligated to forgive someone three times. After the third time, there was no longer an obligation to forgive. So Peter, well, he thinks, well, I'm being very generous here. He doubles the number of times that the law demanded and that adds one free pass just as a bonus. And after all, any Jew knew that the number seven denoted perfection. So Peter thought he had arrived at literally the perfect answer. You have to forgive a brother seven times, and then after that, well, the gloves come off. Well, as usual, the Lord Jesus gives him an answer that was, well, not only surprising, well, it's actually stunning. Verse 22. No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven. Now, Understand that when Jesus said 70 times 7, he's not giving a math lesson. He wasn't saying, no, you must forgive 490 times. But on the 491st time, watch out. In fact, in Luke chapter 17 and verse 4, Jesus said, if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turns to you saying, I repent, you must forgive him. You see, Jesus doesn't allow for the three strikes and you're out rule. Peter thought, well, if someone sinned against you and he repented and you forgave them, he did exactly the same thing and you repented and you forgave them again, you could come to them and say, well, that's two. But Jesus says to him, no, you can't keep a scorecard. If somebody sins against you for the first time and you forgive that brother, then you promise not to ever hold that against them again. So if that brother comes and sins again, you can't say that's two. You've got to say that's one. Now, how did Jesus arrive at this conclusion? Well, you see, Peter was appealing to the law, but Jesus was appealing to love. Now, you may be sitting there thinking, well, I could never forgive someone that many times. Well, let me remind you of something. <laughs> Jesus here is not making a suggestion. He is giving a command. Forgiveness is not a prisoner of our emotions. It is a servant of our will. Whether we feel like forgiving or not is irrelevant as to whether or not we can forgive. Through Jesus Christ, as you're going to see in a moment, not only can we forgive, we must forgive. You see, so many times we think, I'm not going to get mad, I'm just going to get even. Well, let me share something with you. 
you never get even by trying to get even. You know, Benjamin Franklin once said, doing an injury puts you below your enemy. Revenging one makes you but even with him. Forgiving him sets you above him. To illustrate the truth about real forgiveness, Jesus then tells a parable. In this parable, he shares six vital principles to remember about true forgiveness. You can neither forgive nor truly understand forgiveness until you understand and apply these principles in your own life when you're dealing with people that have sinned against you. You see, forgiveness is cheap. It's free, but it's not cheap. Matthew chapter 18, beginning at verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle accounts, they brought to him a servant who owed him 10,000 talents. Because the servant didn't have enough to pay it back, the master ordered that he should be sold along with his wife and children and everything he had and that the proceeds should be used as payment. So Jesus here tells the story about a man who embezzled a huge sum of money. In fact, the sum is 10,000 talents. Now that was a staggering amount of money in those days. To give you an idea of how much it was, Jesus spoke these words there in the region of Galilee. The entire tax on Galilee for one year was 200 talents. So here you've got a man who owed the equivalent of 50 years of taxes on the entire region of Galilee. Put it another way, a man would have to work 20 years to earn one talent. So this man would have had to have worked for 500 years to have paid back the money he stole. And that's without interest. In today's currency, it would translate into roughly nine or, or, or ten million dollars. Here's the point. It was an unpayable debt. There was absolutely no way this man could pay back this money. Now, we need to understand that the debt in the story here represents sin. Sin, your sin, my sin, is an unpayable debt. No matter how hard you work, no matter how good we try to be, we can never pay off the sin debt that we owe God. As a matter of fact, if you took the best of every human being that has ever lived and took that best and turned it into gold, there would not be enough gold to even make a down payment on the sin debt for one person. That's why I say that forgiveness is free, but it's not cheap. Because as you are going to see, it costs this king a great deal to forgive the man his debt. Verse 26. But the servant fell down, kneeled before him and said, Please be patient with me and I will pay you back. 
the master had compassion on that servant, released him, and forgave him the loan. Now, you notice what the king did here? It says the king took the debt and turned it into a loan. In other words, he realized that the money had been embezzled, but he considered it as a loan, and then he forgave the loan. So to put it another way, he, so he took the theft, turned it into a debt, then took the debt and turned it into a gift, and then paid the full amount of the gift out of his own pocket. You can see immediately what happened. The debtor owed a debt he could not pay, and the king, well, the king pays a debt that he didn't owe. You know, that's exactly what the Lord Jesus Christ did on the cross. I want to tell you in the simplest terms, at Calvary, the sin debt that you and I owed but could not pay was fully paid by a man that did not owe anything. He did not forgive part of our sin. He forgave all of our sins. First John chapter 1 verse 7 says, The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. You see, forgiveness is final. It's not temporary. The master had compassion on that servant, released him, and forgave him the loan. That's what it says. So what happened? Well, the slate is clean. The debt was canceled. The prisoner is released. Nothing was left hanging over anyone's head. The books were closed. Now, let me tell you something about forgiveness. We either forgive and forget, or we will forget to forgive. If you're going to forgive someone, we must commit to doing these three things. Number one, commit that you will not use it against them in the future. Number two, commit that you will not talk to others about them. And number three, that you will not dwell on it yourself. Forgiveness experienced should become forgiveness expressed. Back to our story, verse 28. But that same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. He laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down at his feet and entreated him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. But he would not, and went and threw him in prison until he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what took place, they were very sorry. And they went and told their master all that had taken place. When his master, after he had summoned him, said to him, O oh, you wicked servant, I forgave you all the debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not also have had compassion on your fellow servant, even as I had pity on you. Now, this man, who has just been released of his debt, comes upon one of his debtors. 
rather than reciprocating the forgiveness, he ruthlessly demands full payment. Now, in reality, he wasn't really looking for payment. He was looking for punishment. I mean, the guy owed him 100 denarii. It was about 100 days wages. In today's money, I don't know, $15? In other words, it was a fraction of what this man owed the king. So think about it. The man who owed $9 million was not willing to forgive the man that owed him 15 bucks. You know, when we compare our sin debt to God to someone else's sin debt to us, it's like comparing a mountain to a molehill. Forgiveness is expensive, but unforgiveness is explosive. Verse 34. His master was angry and delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. It says that when the king hears about the hypocrisy and the wicked hatefulness, he immediately has his servant thrown back into prison and he puts the debt back on him. You see, the next time we find it hard to forgive someone, keep this in mind. Forgiveness is as much for us as it is for the other person. If we can't forgive, it's like, it's like we're holding a hot coal in our hand. We're the ones getting burned. An unforgiving spirit is the mark of an unforgiven spirit, which is therefore the mark of an unforgivable spirit. Verse 35. So also my heavenly Father will do to each of you if from your heart you do not forgive your brother for his trespasses. You see, you can be theologically straight, morally upright, but if you do not have a forgiving spirit, and according to scripture, you're spiritually bankrupt. James Oglethorpe, he once approached John Wesley and he said to him, Sir, I never forgive. John Wesley replied, Then, sir, I hope you never sin. Rusty Woomer was executed in the electric chair, South Carolina, in 1991. He had been placed on death row for the brutal rape and murder of a sweet young woman by the name of Della Sellers. While in prison, Rusty met the Lord Jesus Christ, and the Lord Jesus totally forgave him of his sins. But there was one final piece of freedom missing from Rusty's personal puzzle. He wanted Della's brother to forgive him because he had asked for forgiveness. In the summer of 1989, they slipped a plain envelope under his cell door. It was from Della's younger brother. This is what the letter said. For years, I hated you with all my heart. I could have blown your brains out for what you did to my sister. I only regretted you were in prison where I couldn't get to you. 
but I spent time in jail myself 56 different times over the years. I felt like a failure, but then I became a Christian. And the more I learned about being a Christian, the more I knew I had to forgive you. I didn't want to, but it got to where I couldn't even pray the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. It made me so mad. Now I had to forgive you. Well, now the ball is in my court. I prayed about it, and God has done a miracle in my heart. I forgive you. We are brothers in Christ. I love you. You see, there's only one way to become a forgiving person. And that is to become a forgiven person. And there's only one way to become a forgiven person. And that is to go to Calvary. When you've been to Calvary, you will realize for all of our life, to err is human but to forgive, that's divine. Let us pray. Gracious God and loving Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Father, I pray that you forgive us of our sins and that you transform our hearts and our minds, that we are able to pass on to others the forgiveness that you have so lovingly and mercifully and graciously provided for us. Let our dealings with others be a reflection of our appreciation for what you have done for us. Bless each and every viewer, I pray in Jesus' name. Well, each and every week, we like to offer you a, a gift, a resource that will help you better understand the teachings of Scripture and how applicable they are for our lives today. And how by introducing these principles into our life, it just makes us better people. And, you know, the Bible says that Jesus came, that we were to live life and live it more abundantly. Well, today we have a, a resource for you. We've never offered this book. It's a small book. It's called Forgiven. It's the powerful testimony of Willie Ramos, who was referred to as the ghetto preacher. Well, we'd love for you to have this. Uh, if you have young people in your home, what a great little gift to give them. I know that not a lot of people like to read anymore, but uh, it, it, uh, it, it, it is a great little resource. And so you can have it. If you're watching us for the very first time, then these resources are sent out free of charge where they're made available through the generosity of our donors. So what that means for you is there's no obligation whatsoever on your part. This will arrive in your mail, postage paid, no obligation on your part. It's a gift from us to you. So if you'd like to receive this gift, pay close attention to the information that is about to be provided. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. 
That's the Lessons for Living Television website, www.alforaltv.com. There you will find the links to download a video and transcript of this program. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. And we would be happy to send the offer out to you. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you could order this offer by calling our 1-800 number and speaking with one of our volunteers at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request and if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Thank you so much for watching. Let me appeal to you, please, those of you that watch us regularly, let your friends and family know so they, that they too can tune in every week. If you ever miss any one of our programs, there's a couple of places you can go to and you can watch them again or you can share them with friends and family. Uh, you can go to our website, l4ltv.com. Uh, on the website, you have the upcoming program. It'll be listed when it's going to be on, where it'll be seen. You have all of the previous programs. They're all listed there from, from our very first broadcast right up till this one will be there. You can watch that. And from there, you can share it with, with different people. Um, you can also see the programs on our Facebook page, the Lessons for Living Television Facebook page, or on our YouTube channel. So if you go on the YouTube channel, for example, and you subscribe to our YouTube channel, then every time a new program is uploaded to the YouTube channel, you're going to be notified and you're going to be able to, uh, uh, to go and watch it. And then right from the YouTube channel, there's like a share arrow you can share it to friends and family all over the place. And we would appeal to you to help us get the word out of the Lessons for Living television program. On the website, we also have live appearances. So where I will be appearing live. Uh, most weeks, I'm, I'm in Toronto at my church. Uh, I, I do travel a bit. And so uh, just go to the live appearances. It'll, it'll show you where I'm going to be. There's going to be a Google map there to, to help you get there. And I'd love to have you come out to one of my live appearances and just introduce yourself and say, hey, I watch you on the program, you know, and uh, I'd love to do that. We have folks do that all the time, and it's, it's, I really appreciate that. Uh, also on the website, uh, the Lessons for Living, L4LTV.com website, there is a Donate Today tab. You can go on that, and you can make a donation to the ministry. You can follow me on Instagram, at Santos underscore Bill. And every day I put out a one-minute devotional on Instagram. Many of you have told me it's the way you start your day. You watch that devotional and it just sort of kickstarts your day thinking about things of God. Our missionnowcanada.com website, that's the website that deals with all of the overseas mission work that we do within our ministry. Visit that, find out where we're going to be going and why not think about joining us 
on one of our upcoming overseas mission trips. You're not going to regret it. We are all out of time. Thank you again for being here. I look forward to doing this again real soon. God bless you. We'll see you back here again.